everyone. Welcome back to episode nine of the Inspire Literacy podcast. We have an exciting topic today. So exciting. Graphic organizers in writing workshop. Yes or no. Right, Shara? Yes or no. The big question. Yeah. So this kind of came from actually our Instagram stories a few weeks back. um, We had posted some this or that. And one of our this or that's was yes or no on graphic organizers. And it was really the end result was about 50-50. So um, we thought, well, this is a good podcast topic. So um, Shara, you, you launch us. What are your thoughts? Well, let's go back to way back to when... We first started teaching. I'll just talk about my experience when I first started teaching. Um, I had this fabulous book called, I think it was just called Graphic Organizers for Writing. Mm-hmm. And there was so many kinds of graphic organizers. Some of you may be familiar with these. Um, the hamburger. Hand oh, yeah. If you've ever mm-hmm. used the hamburger. I, in fact, actually had a hamburger on my bulletin board. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. hamburger graphic organizer um the top hat um oreo which came out i don't know maybe a few years into my teaching um Mm -hmm. it was part of who i was as a writing teacher i copied those bad boys and i passed them out to every single one of my students and to keep it in perspective i have when i started teaching i taught um a two three combo And then I went to fifth grade and then I went to sixth grade actually in the elementary school. Um, And then I bounced down to to primary after that. Um, And I am here to tell you that I used graphic organizers a lot when (laughs) I first started teaching in those first few years. Um, I liked them. Mm -hmm. I did. I liked them. But... I'm not sure my students like them and I'm not really sure that they really did what I thought they should be doing. And it wasn't until I started to learn about writing process and really started to think about were they really necessary? And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of launching us into this episode, right? Like, are they necessary? Right. Yeah, and I too... Um, vividly remember as a first year teacher, I was a second grade teacher and, um, my students were writing information, writing pieces. And one of the first things I did was hand them, you know, the copies of the graphic organizer that I thought was going to help them, um, plan their piece and structure it, um, And what happened is at the end, when they all went to publish their pieces, I realized that their structure actually was pretty strong Mm -hmm. um, in that one piece. But then when we went to write other pieces, I realized it didn't transfer. Mm -hmm. So um, I started even that early on, started kind of questioning it. That doesn't mean I didn't let go of the process because I think it was still very comfortable to yeah. me as a teacher. Um, but I, I did have that observation um, early on, but I wasn't really sure what to do in place. Of yeah. It. Yeah. Same. It was like, I wasn't, 
especially once I moved to primary, that's when I really started to question is because the kids would complain a lot, or I almost felt like it was, I, I really started to see that it wasn't doing exactly what I thought it should be doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's just think like, why did we use those graphic organizers? I'll speak for myself first. Um, I thought it was going to help them in, like, like I said before, like the planning or the brainstorming mm-hmm. of their topic. Um, I also thought that it was going to help them, like I said before, with their structure or their organization of their piece. And I felt like they needed that um, graphic organizer to help them. Yeah. Why did you think, why were you oh, using them? Well, that that's exactly it, right? Like when I was teaching fifth and sixth grade, the hamburger was like how you organize a paragraph. Yes. Right. Like you had your topic sentence, the bun, and then you had your three details and then you had the other bun, the the closing sentence. And to your point, yes, it was for structure and organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think another reason why I used them was to make sure that every single student was in the same place. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yikes. Right. Like yes. I, I wanted everybody to have their topic sentence and I would mm-hmm. go around and make sure everybody had their topic sentence. And then we would right. do those middle sentences and make sure everybody had the, and then I started to think, is this really what's best for kids mm-hmm. for every single one to be in the same place? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. So I think our listeners are kind of getting a sense of, of that we're leaning towards the no. Um, I think in general, my thinking around graphic organizers, which has really been shaped by the thinking of, you know, um, Lucy Calkins and her colleagues at, um, at the Teachers College Reading and Writing Project. And then um, many of her colleagues have written books about the topic. Um, and you know that's really where my thinking about graphic organizers, um, you know, has started to to change. Um, I tend to think, and usually when I get this question in training, you know, with teachers, they'll ask like, "Can we use a graphic organizer?" Um, I tend to say the blanket statement of no, but maybe, <laughs> you know, because I do think there may be some kids. Yes. Some kids who might benefit from it, but I think what we have found is most kids don't need it, right? And actually we may be causing, um, damage isn't the right word, but um, we may be taking away something, you know, from the students and giving them that tool. Um, Stifling them. We're going to talk about that, right? We're we're actually stifling them a bit. Um, and I was reading, um, I think it was the two writing teachers blog, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great blog to check out. Um, and I believe it, in one of their posts, they were talking about a tool, something that's meant to be a tool that turns into trouble. Yes. And, and I think that we're going to address that here also that um, graphic organizers are meant to be a tool, right? Like that's why we used it because we thought we were giving kids a tool to make their, their writing better, but sometimes that tool can turn into trouble if it's not used 
properly or if it's not inserted in the right way. Right. Um, so should we talk about why not? Why, yeah. why do we think that there's a better option than graphic or organizers? Yeah. Well, I think the number one thing that comes to mind is, is that in a writing workshop, we're teaching kids how to use a writing process. And we really came up with this idea of writing process based upon how real writers, yeah. um, the process that real writers go through. And when I think about real writers, if you talk to anyone, they're not going to say, oh, well, the first thing I do is I go get my graphic organizer <laughs> and, you know, sit down with it and complete that. Um, and so, um, you know, that's one thing that kind of comes to mind is that real writers and authors don't often use it. So why are we asking kids um, to use it? Mm -hmm. I also think that not all students need a graphic organizer all of the time. Right. That's not to say that some kids would benefit from it. Yeah. Right. Like some kids who really are struggling with structure or organization, they might benefit from a graphic organizer or um, some kids who might need some vocabulary development might benefit from it. I mean, there are reasons why we might use a graphic organizer, but the reason that I used it was so that all kids could be in the same place. And what we realize now is that not all kids need it and they don't need it all the time. It's like that, that scaffold that may exist for a small amount of time. Right. But we've got to take that scaffolding away at some point in order to build this independence. That Absolutely. Works so helpful. Yeah. Which kind of builds on one of my, I think, primary reasons why I tend not to use them is because, I mean, I'm always trying to teach for transfer and for independence. Mm -hmm. So if I think about a graphic organizer and what that does is often like we'll take your example of the the hamburger paragraph well what I did was I took the planning and the thinking away from the kids they didn't have to think about how they wanted to structure their paragraph because I gave it to them and so I think what happens when we use graphic organizers or overly use them is that we're never giving kids an opportunity to do the thinking, to do the planning, and to really even think about structure at all, mm -hmm. which is when we think about the hierarchy of writing, structure is, is I mean, it's really important, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, I've heard Lucy talk about it before, like it's, it's like building a house. Structure is the foundation yeah. um, of the writing, you know, house everything would fall apart if we didn't have structure. So if we give them a graphic organizer and we're, we're saying like, here you go, here's your structure. Mm -hmm. Kids are never getting a chance to think about it or plan it or try it on their own. And then we don't see the transfer um, across pieces. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and along with that, I think of this idea of stifling them a little bit by giving them too structured of a graphic yeah. organizer. Um, and I remember, you know, teaching first grade and using the Oreo, right? Mm -hmm. Use the opinion, reason, explanation, opinion, like this very contrived structure for an opinion piece, right? And um, I would also give them topics to write about. 
which is <laughs> another podcast we can address. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, so I would do all of this Oreo work because I thought that kids needed this structure before I went into like a unit of study. Mm -hmm. So we would do the Oreo and then I would go into the first grade um, opinion unit, which is collections, one of my all time favorite units of all time. And, and kids wouldn't know what to do because that unit doesn't lend itself to this mm -hmm. very contrived structure. So speaking of no transfer, they could not transfer the Oreo into this opinion writing that was much more open-ended and the next year I decided not to do the Oreo in front of it and guess what their opinion writing was so much stronger it had so much voice I could really tell their what they really thought about their collections like it just opened up my eyes to maybe I was limiting them by this super tight structure that I thought was really going to benefit them yeah. And I also, when you're hearing you talk about that, I also think about stamina, Oh, yeah. that, like, especially for our youngest writers, but I, I definitely see this in the upper grades too, that if we start to like stretch out this writing process, you know, and, and especially with our youngest kids who may be, and you would speak to this a lot better than I would, but I know what I know about the primary grades is they'll, you know, maybe write a piece one day. And then the next day, they may even write a whole nother new piece, right? In the upper grades, they tend to, um, once they get to, you know, the spot where they're drafting and revising, they're sticking to that same piece. But um, if we're requiring them to complete a graphic organizer as part of the writing process, it may kill their stamina. They may be like, well, I'm done. Um, I already yeah. did the Oreo. Like, I don't really want to now go put this in a booklet, you know? Right. Right. Even if I could, you know, I'm just done thinking about it. So right. I do think um, it could kill some stamina too. Well, and you think about, again, our youngest writers who even have some, um, maybe have some fine motor stuff going on. Again, going back to like, not all kids need it. If they're having to write basically their whole piece oh, on a yeah. graphic organizer, and then it feels like I'm doing the exact same thing on paper now. Mm -hmm. and they have some fine motor stuff or whatever or they can't fit it in they the, can't fit it yeah right, the pre prescribed little box or whatever yep. however it looks yeah that could be frustrating I'm sure As a mom I can tell you we've had a lot of nights of tears with my youngest who definitely has some stamina issues and fine motor and all the things because the graphic organizer felt like the exact same thing as the writing piece. It wasn't there to help, we thought, but it's actually was harder. Yeah. And then another thing actually that um, Chris Lehman wrote about in his book, um, it's called Energize Research Reading and Writing. Um, it's, it's mainly a book for upper grade, like fourth through eighth grade. But I do think this could be even important for our youngest writers is basically he talks about this idea that revision should happen across the writing process. Mm -hmm. And what happens with often if we overutilize graphic organizers is we spent all this time, mm -hmm. you know, planning on this graphic organizer and then kids don't want to revise their structure or revise their plan. Mm -hmm. um, they want to stick just to that. Um, and so he writes in the book, and I've just loved this quote, he says, 
I am suggesting that we give structure more of its due, that we tie it closely to teaching through writing, that we encourage much more experimentation and problem solving throughout the process, and that structure is not just found through outlines and planning. It comes through writing, stopping to rework, then writing some more. So I love that. It like doesn't have to be some separate thing that I do, but that I actually um, can be thinking about structure and revising my structure as I'm writing. Yeah. Okay, so we've said that real writers don't necessarily use them. Mm -hmm. Not all students need it all the time. Mm -hmm. That it takes away some of the thinking and planning. Um, that they it gives them the structure so they're not having to do it on their own. That maybe we're limiting them a little mm -hmm. bit, stifling them. It might affect their stamina. And now we can revise through our writing instead of something that layers in place of. Right. All right, listeners, are you freaking out yet? <laughs> what do we do? What do yeah. we do Because I love a hamburger. I know. What do you think? What are some strategies um, that come to mind in place of graphic organizers? Well, you just nailed it. It's a strategy. Mm. Right. And um, if you don't know Jennifer Saravallo's book, writing the writing strategies book, mm -hmm. uh, there are 300 different writing strategies in there mm. uh, that feel like they could be in place of a graphic organizer. And she actually has a quote at the beginning of one of her chapters. And it says strategies help to take something that proficient writers do naturally, automatically, and without conscious effort, and make it visible, clear, and doable for the student writer. Mm. So mm -hmm. I think that what we're saying is that instead of this piece of paper that we're handing kids and basically telling them what to do, let's teach the writer some yes. strategies that they can use in that piece, in the next piece, in the next genre, in the next year, because that's what real writers do. Yeah, that goes back to one of our mottos, right? We teach the writer, uh -huh. not the writing. And that really does, you know, um, speak to my own experience in the classroom that I was talking about earlier, um, that I did see that firsthand. I gave them the uh -huh. graphic organizer, but then when they went to write another piece, like wah-wah, it didn't transfer. Um, and so in place of just you know, that one piece of writing was pretty strong, um, but it didn't really help them change or grow as a writer. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so for example, yeah, one thing that we could do, and this um, is really important in primary, also probably can be transferable to upper grades, is the idea of choices of paper, mm -hmm. right? Within um, a unit of study, we want to give lots of options of paper choices. And 
again, we're not saying that structure isn't important. We just want to mm. teach kids how to make that structure their own and make it transferable. Mm -hmm. um, so one example would be that I saw a second grade teacher use. Um, she would put a tiny picture box inside the, the larger picture box of the primary writing paper. Mm -hmm. And um, one of Jer Jennifer Saravalo's strategies is the uh-oh, uh-oh, few. It's like uh -huh. this idea of a story mountain. Um, and so you could either write uh-oh, uh-oh, few in the corners of those tiny boxes or have the kids do that. Then when they're telling the story, they remember that structure of like, oh, there's a problem. The problem gets bigger. Oh, the problem gets solved. Mm -hmm. um, and then inside that tiny box, they could draw or sketch like a quick little reminder of what they're going to then write about. That feels like a strategy that yeah. will help them on that piece of writing and in the next piece of writing and the next piece of writing. And they can even then draw their own boxes, right? Yes. Ultimately, mm -hmm. um, instead of having to fill out a piece of paper that says problem, one problem yeah. gets bigger problem solved and then having to transfer all that into a booklet that's just one idea mm -hmm. I love that and and what I love what you said is like you know we could even ask kids to do it yeah like I think that's when the transfer happens yes and I have to create my own tool because as you said before graphic organizers aren't bad they're not bad it's a tool it's a tool yeah. to help support my thinking or scaffold my structure. So it's not bad that kids would want or need to use them, but I think they become more powerful if we give kids options or choices and then have them create it on their own. So I see that a lot in the upper grades um, where we're asking kids or we're giving kids choices, right? Mm -hmm. So um, let's just take narrative writing for an example, since that's where a lot of people are right now. You know, some kids might um, benefit from having a, um, a story arc, mm -hmm. kind of same idea that you're talking about. Like it could be the story arc could even use those same, that same strategy from Jennifer Saravella, where it's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, few. But we draw the story um, arc in our notebook mm -hmm. and we have kids um, plot the different parts or plan the different parts before they go and write it. Um, but the idea there is, is that that could be one choice. Another choice some writers might want to do is just like a timeline, right? Yeah. So we can show them like, maybe you just do a, a timeline where you have, um, you know, your different events across the story. Um, and then for even older kids, maybe my upper fifth grade kids and even middle school kids, you know, that one story arc may not be sufficient. They may need like a double story arc mm -hmm. where they're tracking the events that have happened. And then also like sort of that internal story um, that reveals like the meaning as well. I mean, I can offer kids choices mm -hmm. based upon who they are as writers, what strategies they need, and then um, allow them the autonomy, right? In, in um, and choosing and, and doing it on their own, right? That's where I think the magic happens. Yeah. And you're talking about choices and couldn't that 
couldn't a graphic organizer be in your writing center as a choice if a kid really felt like they needed it? But I would want the child to decide, yes, this is going to help me. This is something that I want to try to make my writing better, not because I said we're all going to do this thing mm -hmm. together, right? And then again, that scaffolding comes away. Yes. Right? We have to like rip it away, rip yeah. the band-aid off, right? And because again, we're trying to build this transfer and this independence and we want to create writers for life, mm -hmm. not just the best narrative writer in my fourth grade class or my third grade class. I want them to, to use these strategies right. um, and go back to them and remember them. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so talk, that's a big one. Almost a... Um, a way to replace the graphic organizer is a lot of touch and tell, right? In primary, we say touch and tell, sketch, then write. Mm -hmm. And so using blank booklets, again, using this idea of a story mountain or telling a story across pages, um, giving them blank booklets, having them touch each page and say what's going to happen um, on, on each page almost serves as a graphic organizer mm -hmm. itself. Or if we're doing... Um, how-tos or procedural writing, touching each box that we're going to write in, what are the ingredients we need, what's step one, what's step two, um, for these primary kids to do, to write something first and then write it again feels real laborious. Yeah. So talk, 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 lots of oral rehearsal, partners, um, small groups, whole class. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think we can't do enough of that. We've been talking, I feel like we're like a broken record, but yeah, um, you know, yeah, I think we can't do enough of that all the way through eighth grade, you know, um, again, that I think it mimics what sometimes real authors do, you mm -hmm. know, um, I might come to you and say, I have this idea, you know, what do you think about it? And I sort of like story tell it to you. And then what happens, you naturally start to ask me questions or tell me more about that part, right? And then I start to add those parts in into my writing. Um, but but definitely oral rehearsal um, as a space to help us plan for writing is definitely something we want to do. I also think, um, you know, sometimes we teach kids just to use their hands yeah. as a graphic um, organizer. And you know, I'm holding up my yeah. I mean, I'm holding up my hand, thinking about. Um, uh, like I'm thinking about information writing, right? Mm -hmm. So I might say, okay, hold up your hand. Everybody holds up their hand and name your topic, like touch the palm, your palm, right? And so let's say their topic is basketball. And then I can say, okay, now let's use your fingers to think about, um, we, could, we could plan it out like parts of basketball. We could plan it out like um, ways of playing basketball, right? Different different structures and they can play around and like touch each of their fingers um, to start to plan and brainstorm and, and again, play around with different ways of structuring it. Mm -hmm. I use the hand all the time for first and second graders in information writing and I do it much the same way. So they like um, practice it with the topics. So say they're gonna write about snakes, that's gonna be their all about book. And then the tip of their finger is like the chapter. So chapter mm -hmm. one would be 
like parts of a snake. And then I have them touch down each mm. finger, like however many things they can say about the parts of the snake. And then they move on to chapter two, which would be their pointer finger at the tip of their finger is the name of the chapter. So maybe they're going to do where snakes live. And then they see if they can touch three or four places down their finger. It also serves as like, do they have enough information yeah. for that topic? Instead of giving them a graphic organizer, we're going to write about snakes and then they write their chapters and then they start going down and then they realize like, oh, I don't actually have enough information about snakes. Can I have another graphic organizer? And then we give them another one and then they start, I don't know, um, weather. And then they start to like plan that and they go, oh, I don't have enough information. So by using their hand, they're like really orally rehearsing and realizing if they even have enough mm -hmm. information before they go to start writing it. Yeah. I mean, it's it, the best. Yeah. Um, and, and we've always got our hand, right? <laughs> <laughs> we may not have a graphic organizer, right? right. Which is, is, is again, like part of the problem is like, if we're teaching for transfer and let's say, you know, kids have to go and write another lit essay, but they don't have that graphic organizer. They may go, Oh, Oh no. Like, what do I do? But if we teach them to use things like their hands or like orally rehearsing and they always could tap into that and have access to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, along those lines, I know more in like second grade, um, making lists is helpful, yes. like little short bullet point lists to see um, if, how their chapters could go or the parts of each chapter could go. Um, I probably wouldn't do that below second grade unless I have some really proficient writers. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that's a great way to have kids, again, just practice, rehearse, structure. They're yeah, ready. For sure. Um, I also think, I mean, kind of what you're talking about, building off of that, that makes me think about the writer's notebook in the upper grades. Um, and, you know, sometimes I think, well, we utilize the writer's notebook early on when kids are generating and sort of rehearsing, but then sometimes we forget to teach kids to also use it as a place to go back to, um, to play around with different structures. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Christopher um, Lehman in his book, he talks about doing these quick writes um, with different structures in mind. They don't have to write the whole piece but they could say, oh, okay, like, let me try this in a cause and effect way. Let's see what it would sound like. And then they could quickly, you know, just play around with it in their notebook and then turn the page and be like, okay, well, what would it sound like if it was more like boxes and bullets, right? Turn the page, do a quick write, um, and then see which one feels right for their topic. Mm -hmm. So the notebook being a place to play around with it, as opposed to you know, the graphic organizer, I think is, is something to think about too. Yes. And we've touched on this in past episodes. Um, but the idea of mentor texts too, mm -hmm. let's really study other authors and see how they've done it. Mm -hmm. Um, I know like, um, beginnings, right. We're in a narrative unit we're talking about beginnings and I might have three or four different mentor texts where we've studied like a dialogue beginning, we've studied a setting beginning, um, we've studied, studied a character description beginning, and then maybe kids are, are trying on those different beginnings, 
right? And um, I would do it on sheets of paper, on cutoff sheets of paper, and then they could kind of just put it right on top of their piece and say, do I like this one with my piece? Do I like this one with my piece? Or do I like this one with my piece? Again, instead of it being on a graphic organizer that then they have to recopy to insert into their, their actual piece. Um, using mentor text, how else have you done that? Yeah, and again, it goes back to this idea of what a real writers do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's something that I could always have with me potentially or go find on yeah. my own. It's like, you know, oh, let me study. How did this author? Um, and, it, it, and it could be structure, right? If, if we're using graphic organizers, um, one of the main reasons we use it is to help kids with structure. So we could also study a mentor text with the lens of structure specifically. How did this author, you know, organize um, their piece? And how could I then try that in my own? Would it work for my topic? That sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and I also think it's tied to um, kids knowing who their audience is. And, um, and then thinking about their purpose for the writing too. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like we take, if we give them that graphic organizer, they're, they're not often really thinking about their audience. Maybe they are, maybe they're thinking, well, my audience is the teacher, you know, yeah. <laughs> the teacher is going to be grading this. So, but, but we want to really make sure one of our foundational beliefs is that kids get to, um, or that they have authentic audiences. Mm-hmm. So I want kids to be thinking across the process, like, who am I writing this for? And then what do I want them to think? What do I want them to feel? And that can often lead me down a path of, okay, this is how it would work best for me to structure it. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I should just say, I know I've referenced this, his book, Christopher Lehman's book, Energize Research, Reading and Writing. Um, He does offer many other strategies. He has an entire chapter that's called free from graphic organizers. Um, Again, this is more for upper grade teachers and middle school teachers, but he does have a good amount of strategies um, to teach kids of how to structure other than relying on graphic organizers. And then you had also mentioned Jennifer Saravello's book, um, which has a lot, a lot of strategies on organization and structure. So both of those could serve as like mentor texts for us as teachers. I know they certainly do for me. Um, I I go back and I study them and I create, you know, strategy lessons using them. So um, those are two books that, that might be helpful. For sure. And I think the, the overlying or underlying Mm -hmm. is we're not saying graphic organizers are bad. No throw them all away right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, we're not saying that. But if you are using them, we just want you to think who is benefiting from it? Is the tool doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. And is there a time when we can remove that scaffolding? A time when the child has gained enough skills and enough independence, and we can remind them 
that they can create the same sort of graphic organizer in their notebook or on a piece of paper or using their hand or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think hopefully we've given um, our listeners something to think about and um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, let us know. Um, maybe you are launching a unit of study right now and um, you are rethinking, you know, uh, your use of graphic organizers, or maybe you haven't been using graphic organizers and, um, you know, we've listed, um, quite a few other strategies that we think are just going to be supportive for writers of all ages. So maybe we've given you, um, a strategy that you haven't thought about before. We'd love to hear what other strategies you are using to help support the writers in your classroom. Um, so with that, I think until next time, we'll sign off. Mm -hmm.